Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Now tell that person next to you, you look good here. Amen. How many want one more saying? Tell them you look better in church than you do anywhere else. Amen. Amen. So I want to get right into the word this morning. And I want you to get your Bibles up to Mark chapter 16. I'm, I'm super excited about this message. I'm super excited about what God did in our first service and uh, what he's going to do in this second one. I want to talk this morning about the game changer. The game changer. How many of you have ever played any sports or know what that means, the game changer? It means something happens and it changes the game. It changes the situation. Something, something happens that just changes it all. And I want to talk this morning by, by out of pure truth of what the game changer is the game changer for us in Christianity is the baptism of the Holy Spirit amen it's the game changer and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna show you some things this morning and 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 reveal this to you and 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 uh pray that and I've already been praying that the Holy Spirit's gonna make himself evident to you this morning so we're gonna start in Mark 16 and uh we were there last week how many remember that we were in Mark 16 last week, and we're going to pick up there again today because we talked about the power and the authority that we have in Jesus' name. And today we're going to continue reading. So Mark 16, verses 17 and 18. Let's look what this says. And, and, and this is the same thing as last week, but we're going to look at something else. It says, these signs shall follow those who what? Who believe. Okay? This, these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. We talked about that last week. They, and watch this, this is the emphasis, they will speak with new tongues. Okay? They will speak with new tongues. And then the next verse says, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Let's go back to that verse right before. So in this thing, this is the Great Commission. This is Jesus Christ. How many love Jesus this morning? This is Jesus Christ's last words. It, it, is his, it is his testament and will. It is what he wants us to do. Along with Mark 28, Matthew 28 where he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel and teaching them all these things you've learned. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'll be with you until the ends of the earth. That is the great commission. And how many know the first two letters of gospel, or go, of, of, uh, gospel is go? Yeah. Right? That gospel is go. We go. But we, we, a lot of people today, unfortunately, are going without all the tools. Okay? And so this is a game changer. This is something that, that, that once you realize what it is and who it is and what it can do, you, you find yourself realizing, how did I ever live without this? Have you, ever, have you ever ran into something in your life and thought, how did I ever live without this? Right? In, in the flesh, it might be a can opener. Right? Or something that's really, really, really simple that's really helpful. Right? There's things, this is, this is something that is just amazing. It's a game changer. But I want you to focus here and see something. Because as people, and in church a lot of times, we, we're good at trail mixing. How many like trail mix, by the way? You like to grab a handful of trail mix? Trail mix is meant to be eaten like this. Like this. But a lot of people eat trail mix like this. And then at the end, it's not trail mix anymore. So if you're going to eat something just get cashews or just get raisins or get it by itself but if you're buying trail mix it's a hand right it's grab it all and a lot of people with these kind of things how many know if you're sick 
If you're sick, you want to believe that there's healing. If if you've got demons, you want to know that there's demons can be delivered from you. We can't take out parts of the scripture and say, well, I believe that and I don't believe this. Jesus said all these signs would follow. And one of them is that we would speak with new tongues. Isaiah 28 verse 11 says, with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. For with stammering lips and another tongue, that's way back in Isaiah, he will speak to this people. And so God has chosen tongues. And and I have a question for you this morning, and I want to ask a question, because I like to preach in a way that people can think, and and I like to preach in a way that people are thinking, because I've heard all the things, and I know all the things that people think. I know what churches teach, and I know what what doubts people have, and I know what stereotypes people have. and, and, And whenever people hear the word tongues... It automatically just throws some people off. It just, it just destroys them, and it just sends them into left field. And, and you think, why tongues? Right? How many, has anybody ever thought that? Why tongues? Have you ever looked at anything in the Bible and go, why? Why this? And as I answer that question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that question this morning very clearly, and I believe you're going to be amazed at what God's Word will show us. But let me ask you this. Why did God use a burning bush to speak to Moses? Why did God use stone tablets to put his Ten Commandments on? Right? Why? Why did God choose water to be the thing that we would be baptized in? Why not grape juice? Right? Why not something else? Why? Why, 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 did, why did God choose to put gold all around the Ark of the Covenant? Right? And the questions could go, why, why did God choose us to come from dirt? Couldn't it have been something a little prettier? Something, you know, and here's the big one. Why in the world did God choose for us to be forgiven because of blood? Right? How many, how many with me? We have all these whys. The answer is, here's the answer. How many want the answer? Well, you're going to think back to the days of being a child and your parents saying these words. Because I said so. That's the answer. Because God is God. And because he wants to use dirt to make us. And he wants to use stone tablets to talk to us. And he wants to use a bush to reveal himself to us. And he wants to use gold arcs to admire. And he, and he wants to use tongues because he's God and he chose to. So how many are with me so far on that? Right? Because God said so. Because he said in, in that great commission right there, he said, they will speak with new tongues. But the question is, who's they? The who's they? The who's the they? I see very clearly there in the scriptures that the they is they who believe. And so if you're a believer here this morning, then the Bible says you will speak with new tongues. You'll lay your hands on the sick, and they'll recover, you'll cast out demons. You'll, if you take up anything deadly, it won't hurt you. That's what the Bible says. And so I simply just believe what the Bible says. But I want to give you one more thing. Besides that, that's enough. You know, a lot of times he's like, that's enough. That's enough reason. You don't need any more. Same thing parents say. And then you say, well, why? And you, because I told you so. Well, why did you tell me so? Because I, because I can. God's God. How many know God's sovereign? God does not do things the way we do things. The quicker you get that understanding, the more fruit you're going to see in your life. But here's an even bigger reason besides the because I said so. How many know that this tongue that's in our mouths is vile and wicked and this tongue right here, this tiny little muscle in your mouth that I can't show you while I'm talking because I can't do that at the same time and it would sound weird. This tongue that we all have is something that curses people. This tongue is something that gossips. This tongue is something that slanders. 
This tongue is something that the Bible says in James 3, go read it later, but don't read it now, says that who can tame the tongue? That, that muscle, who, he says it's a fire, it's like a fire that cannot be put out. And so he says in that thing, he says, how can fresh water and sweet water come out of the same fountain? And so why the tongue? Because the tongue is like, the, you know, the rudder on a boat? Like, think about a big cruise ship. That humongous Titanic was moved to the left and moved to the right by a tiny, in, in comparison of size, a tiny little rudder. And the Bible says our tongues are like that rudder. Our tongues, this little muscle in our bodies, control everything. And actually, listen to this, the Bible says that life and death are in the power of your tongue. So why tongues? Because God needs to sanctify this thing in our mouths. How we talk and what we say and what comes out of our mouths. Can somebody say amen? So there's two great reasons. Here's a third one. Because Jesus said it's a game changer. Jesus said it, it is something that, that you've never seen before. Now let's look at John chapter 7. And we're going to look at two verses here. And, and how many know John, chapter, John has 16 chapters? And so seven would be in the beginning and towards the middle, correct? Am I good on my mouth there? Not, not at the end. And way back in John, Jesus is saying something really powerful here. He says, for some people who believe in my name, some people who believe the chosen ones, what does it say? What does it say? Anyone. How many anyones do I have in here? Let me see the anyones. If you're not raising your hand, you're an alien. Amen. Anyone who believes, now how many people do I have in here to believe? Okay, anyone who believes in me, come and drink. Come and drink. What, what did Jesus tell that woman at the well? He says, you want water that's going to last you for a while. I'll give you water that you'll never thirst again. And so he says, come and drink. For the scriptures declare, watch this, rivers of living water Stay here, stay on this verse for a second. This is key right here. Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. We're going to leave that verse up there for a second because I want you to focus on something. You know what heart means? You know what the heart is of us? Our soul. Our very innermost being. Who you really are. Your emotions, your feelings. Who you are. He says, and how many know that rivers are better than stagnant water? Have you ever smelt stagnant water? It's nasty. There's, there's not too many, probably, more, probably outside of a dead corpse, there's not much smell worse than stagnant water. I've been, I've smelt it here too, but in other countries, I've smelt, I've walked by it. It's, it's killer. Rivers, though, flow. And when rivers flow, they're clean. And so he wants this to flow. He wants our whole, he wants our whole inside to be like that river. He says, he says, if you believe in me, rivers of living water will flow from your soul. Now watch this next verse. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, the Spirit that's in us. Now this is key. Who would be given? What does it say there? Who would be? What's, what's would be mean? Any English people here? What does would be mean? Future. Not past tense. Would be. He says who would be given to everyone believing in him. So what's key here is Jesus is talking about something, the game changer, that we don't have yet as he's talking to his disciples. Are you seeing that? He says, whoever would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit not, had not yet been given. 
Are you seeing that? This is, I'm staying here for a minute because this is key. The Spirit had not yet been given. What is the Spirit? That rivers of living water. That, that you'll see some more in a, in a minute what it is. I don't want to get ahead of myself because he says, because Jesus, now this is, I'm telling you, this is key fundamental doctrine right here that you got to get. Okay? But I'm going to come back to this in just a second. I'm going to read this last little phrase in just a second. But I want to I mess you up for a second. Look at someone next to you and say, Pastor's about to mess you up for a second. I'm going to mess you up right here. In a good way. How many have ever heard somebody say, Oh, those Pentecostals. Okay, let me see your hand. You've heard that. Those, Pentec- those, those Pentecostals. Those, those people who speak in tongues. Right? It, it's funny that we do that because we think today in the world we live in that, that God and Jesus ordained re, re, denominations. And we think when we get to heaven, we're going to hear, enter in, good and faithful, Baptocostal, United Methodist, Nazarene. We're not going to hear that. We're going to hear, enter in, good and faithful servant. But the name Pentecostal throws everybody off. And we're going to see this in a minute, but I'm going to interject this right here for a second. Every person who is a believer in Jesus Christ and believes that the book of Acts was the first church, I'm going to mess you up right here, is a Pentecostal. Because the Bible says the church that we belong to of Jesus Christ was formed on the day of? When? On the day of? Not the day of Baptist. Not the day of United Methodist. Not the day of the Frozen Chosen. Not the day of the Jehovah's Witness. Not the day of Hare Krishna. It was, it was on the day of? So look at the person next to you and say, you're Pentecostal. Can you believe that? We're all Pentecostals. Some of y'all are like. I'm preaching the Bible. I'm preaching the Bible. What does it say? We'll get there. I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But I have to interject this here. Because they don't understand. People don't understand. I, I don't know how you were raised. But people don't understand. That this something we're talking about that's called the game changer is for everyone. And it was something that those disciples had to wait for. Go back to the verse. But the Spirit, okay, so, he, so how many understand? He's saying, I'm teaching for a second. He says, I, I, I'm going to fill you with rivers of living water that's going to come through the Holy Spirit. But when is it going to come? Not yet. He says, not until Jesus had entered into his glory. When did Jesus go into glory? When he ascended into heaven. When he said those last words and the angels and the disciples saw him go up into heaven and when he got up into glory, he says he will not, the spirit will not be given until Jesus has entered his glory. Are you there? So what that means is if people believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that automatically happens when you get saved, they're not reading this. The spirit of God does come in us. Stay with me. The spirit of God comes in us. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is totally different. It is a distinct experience. Okay, can I move on? Are you with me so far? Are you seeing that? It is a distinct experience. So it's a game changer because Jesus says, 
this is something I need you to wait for. Now, let's go to the book of Acts chapter 1. Go with me there and watch this. Stay with me. Acts chapter 1 says this. Now, let me, before I read this, Jesus tells them in that, out of that same verse and then later in Luke 24, he says, I want you to go to the upper room and I want you to wait. Wait for the promise. Promise is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so as he does that, they, they go and they listen. They obey. Pastor Mario said at the offer, we need to be obedient. They went. But let me make a quick statement that I didn't say in the first service. It's really important. Jesus appeared on that, on that Mount of Olives before he ascended into heaven. The Bible says to over 500 people. Okay? Am I correct? So over at least 500 people. And the Bible tells us and history tells us that the day of Pentecost that we're talking about, the day the church was formed, there was only 120 people there. So where were the other 380? They didn't obey. They didn't go. Today we have all these people who say, well, I don't know about that tongue thing or the power of the Holy Spirit thing or, or this trail mixed part or that trail mixed part. And Jesus said, listen, I'm leaving and I'm going to send you the game changer, but you got to go wait for it. And those who go wait for it we're gonna, are going to get the game changer and, and it's going to rock your life. Okay? But only 120 went. Why? Because those are the ones that were obedient and they went. And now... We see that Jesus is speaking to them, and he says, being assembled together with them, okay, this is right before he goes up, it says he commanded them. Notice he did not say, if you'd like to. If you feel like it's a good idea. Commanded. How many know a command is to be followed? He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to what? Wait for the promise of the Father. Now, if you have something in your possession, if I have this in my hand, this towel, am I waiting for it? How can I wait for something I already have? It's, it's in my hand. Can you, how, how foolish would I look today if I stand up here and say, hey everybody, I, I'm, I'm, I want you to pray with me for something. I'm praying for this black towel. I want to I be able to have a black towel when I preach. I want to be able to wipe my sweat and stuff. And so I want you to agree with me in prayer that, that the Lord will provide me a black towel. Will you, will you agree with me for that today? Okay, does that sound foolish? Why? Because I already have it in my hand. I already have it. I'm not waiting for something I already have. So they didn't already have the Holy Spirit. They didn't already have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They believed, they were saved, but they didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he says, go and wait for it. Which he said, you have heard from me. Now this is straight from God's mouth. Next verse, watch this. Here's the difference. For John truly baptized with what? water but you shall be baptized with the now what is this what does the word shall mean to come will future not now you will you shall be baptized with the holy spirit and what does it say not many days from now is that future so they don't have it yet they don't have it yet it's not in their possession yet you don't go wait for something that you already have and so they're all, how many know as he's talking to them that they're already saved though, right? They already said they believe in Jesus Christ. He's already their Savior. And I want to stay, throw this out real quick in case I forget and don't say it for the rest. Can I get to heaven and be saved and, and make my, make my heaven my home without being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, of course. It's not a salvation thing. It, you, it's, not, it's not a requirement to be saved. 
that, that man on the cross was neither water baptized or spirit filled baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit he went into heaven okay but do we need it yes and I, and I often wonder how, how I've even made it this far without it right so it's not a salvation thing but it's something we need and if we don't believe we need it then why would Jesus waste his time telling him to go wait for it okay so how many are with me can I move on am I, am I making this clear enough that this is an experience that is totally separate from the belief in Jesus Christ. He's saying, I, I've got a game changer for you, and I need you to wait for it. Now, here's what's funny. For, I've been preaching for 27 years, and I have preached this message a lot of times. I've never preached this part. I've never seen it till this morning at the 9 a.m. service. That's what's so amazing about God. He's telling them, go wait for the promise. Go, Terry. I'm going to send this power upon you. And guess what they do? They do what we do. They change the subject. Lord, they said, when they, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He's not talking about the kingdom of, of Israel. He's, not ta he's talking about going and waiting for the promise. And I could just see him doing this. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons the Father has put, that they're putting his own authority. Do you see what they did? He, he's, they do exactly what the devil likes to do on this topic. Get your mind on lunch. Get your mind on things you got to do later. Because let me tell you something. The devil is not afraid of you getting saved. Are you listening? The devil's not afraid of you getting saved because he has absolutely no control over whether you get saved or not. He can't stop that. But he is afraid of you becoming a soul winner and reaching other people for the Lord and doing damage to his kingdom and one of the best ways he can do that is keeping you from having all the fullness of God in your life and all the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and all the, uh, the, the moving of, of, the, of boldness that you need to be a soul winner so he'll fight you on this why isn't it preached more today why don't people talk about it more today because they're afraid they don't know how to break it down and teach it they don't know how to make it explainable and understandable. I'm telling you here, they changed the subject. So Jesus says, it's not for you to know the seasons or times. Now look what he says in verse 8. He says, let me get back to what I was talking about. But you shall receive power. Somebody shout power. When the Holy Spirit has what? Come upon you. And, and when? When? When is something that hasn't happened yet? And you shall be what? Witnesses. Now, now I'm giving you doctrine here. Here's what a lot of people will teach. They'll teach this. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and to Samaria. And when the apostles die, there it ends. Does anybody know what people teach? Does that where the verse stops? What, what, what's there that's next that's very important? and to the ends of the earth we're the end of the earth I've said that to you a lot of times if you've never traveled we're about as far away from Jerusalem as you can get not exactly maybe the first but we're on the other side of the world we're to the ends of the earth and that gospel has gotten to us because of the power of the Holy Spirit because of boldness okay so these are Jesus' words. He, he, he starts speaking. He says, he says in verse 4, uh, there's a promise. I want you to wait for it. You'll be baptized with fire. And, and then they, Lord, blah, blah, blah. And they start asking another question. I wish I could be there sometimes to see Jesus' reaction. 
I don't know if he was as nice as the scriptures show, but he brought it back. Now let's go to Acts chapter 2. Watch this. Acts chapter 2. Here's my proof that you are Pentecostal. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly, this is important, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now this is important, stay with me. Suddenly is, when something happens suddenly, it happens unexpected or it happens in a moment. Kind of like the rapture is going to happen. Right? Suddenly. Boom. But what we don't understand here, and this is where a lot of people miss the boat, is it says suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. But what we don't understand, what a lot of people don't know is that they were in that room for 10 days. It was not immediate. It was not right away. And didn't Jesus say, go and wait for the promise? Go and tarry. Go and, and wait for it so it'll come. And so they were there for 10 days before it came. Sometimes we have to wait. We have to seek. We have to really search and ask. And so it says, then it comes like a, like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now watch this next verse. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of what? Fire. Does anybody need any fire in here? And one sat upon a few of them. Each of them. Now watch this. And some of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. No, that's not. You guys, now, we've been good till now, but you're reading it wrong now. Look at it again. It doesn't say all. It says some. It says some of them, the ones that were more holy, the ones who knew the Bible better, the ones who were more handsome and pretty. What does it say? All. All 120 people who went and obeyed to be in the upper room. And here's the key. And were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now again, if we already have the Holy Spirit, that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then why did they just now get filled? Didn't say, it doesn't say they were all refilled. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And watch this. This is why tongues are important. And this is why we believe biblically that tongues is evidence that I have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because the first thing that happened when the Spirit fell, it says they began to speak. It doesn't say they began to shout. It doesn't say they began to jump up and down. Is something funny? Oh. It doesn't say that they began to do cartwheels. It doesn't say that they began to shake each other's hands and clap each other's hands and hug. What does it say that happened? It says they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what does this mean? It means tongues are the evidence that I have been. Some people say, I don't know if I've been baptized. I think I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. You don't think, you know. And the way you know is you speak in tongues. But it doesn't come from you. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And you'll know when you get it. Because it takes over. And it's a game changer. Okay? Now, as the musicians come this morning, don't shut me off, because this is the most important part. 
do we really understand that this is something that God wants for every single one of us young people older people newly saved only say older saved he wants everyone all to be filled with the Holy Spirit have the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives be changed and transformed for what so we can be witnesses to the ends of the earth what made the difference church in Peter does anybody know who Peter is Watch what I'm going to show you as I close here about this game changer. Peter is a man that the Bible tells us that when, he w- when Jesus was taken away, he was walking around uh, looking for where Jesus was, and people came up to him and said, you're a follower of Jesus. He said, no, I'm not. Did he not? No, I'm not. Why was he ashamed? Did, wasn't he, didn't he believe in Jesus? Of course he did. He was his disciple. He walked with him for three years. Who would believe more than Peter? But he was ashamed. He goes to another person. You're with Jesus. You're one of them. No, I'm not. And then watch. He gets so mad and frustrated that the third person church is a 12-year-old girl. And he says, cursing. I don't know who you're talking about. Ashamed boldness ashamed to a 12 year old girl so if that Peter does that then why does Peter here in Acts chapter 2 verse 37 do this why does the same Peter walk out of that upper room and preach with boldness okay we're going to read this in just a second but he walks out and he begins to say in Jesus name repent of your sins Jesus Christ loves you. He begins to preach. He begins to street preach outside of the upper room. What can somebody tell me what the difference is between the Peter who denied Jesus before a 12-year-old girl and the Peter who now is preaching to thousands of people he doesn't even know? What's it's called the game changer. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Why tongues? I already answered that a whole bunch of times sanctify the tongue because that's what God chose but he says it's evidence how many like evidence how many like to know know that you know evidence and watch what happens he says when they heard this they were cut to the heart how many want to speak to your neighbors and friends and co-workers and people at the gas station and, and, and have them be cut to the heart because of what you say and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do? They said, Peter and all you guys, we feel something here. Something. You got something. What do we got to do? And watch what he says. He says, repent. And let every one of you, watch this, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. What's that? Water baptism. And he, and he, he could have just said, st- are you here? Could he just have stopped right there? Wouldn't he have just stopped right there? Just repent and be baptized. But he didn't. He said, and and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now stop right there for a second. Don't go to the next verse because i got to throw one more thing out. This is important. The cloud over some people's head says, yeah, you just said gift of the Holy Spirit. See, the, the, see the speaking in tongues is a gift. And people confuse what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14 in the church as a gift of tongues and interpretation. They confuse it with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're two different things. 
The gift of the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues and interpret is a gift, one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the speaking in tongues from the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something for everyone. Do you see that? Do you see the distinction? It's very important to understand that. And so God is telling us in his word that I have a game changer for you. Now there's even more beyond and and there's gifts you can flow in and everything, but I need everyone to go to this room and I need everyone to receive this game changer because I need you to change the world. And let me tell you something, if it started, listen closely, if it started with Pentecost, if it started with tongues, if it started with the power of the Holy Spirit, it needs to end with it. Oh, that was a better place to say amen. Why would he start with it and then not need it anymore? We need it more today than they did back then. Jesus isn't walking the earth anymore. We're 2,000 years removed. And a matter of fact, he said in Joel, he said, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. So it's something we need. So he says, he says this to them, and you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And watch this. Who's it for? Is it for me? Maybe you're saying, is it for me, Pastor? Really? Is it for me? For the promise is to you and to your children but that's it it dies with your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord God will call it's for everybody bow your heads and close your eyes Father this morning thank you for your power your word, your presence, your spirit Lord thank you for arresting our minds right now I've presented your word Now, Holy Spirit, it's your turn to take over. As we're here in this place this morning, in this congregation, this assembly together, Father, now we open up our hearts. We open up our spirits. We open up our lives to you, Father, so that you can come in and you can change us and transform us. And God, we see something. We see something this morning that's showing us that there's something more. If I want to be an overcomer, If I want to be a a world changer, if I want to be a soul winner, there's something more than what I have. It's not that Jesus isn't enough. It's that Jesus lives through the Holy Spirit in these days. The Holy Spirit is what we have today, and He's here. And all over this place right now, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, that Jesus that we spoke of in the book of Acts That Holy Spirit right now is knocking on the door of your heart. Three precious people came forward in that first service and said, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. I want to give you my heart today, and I want to to change, and I want to be transformed. Today, how many in this service would say, Pastor, I'm not saved? Again, I'm not asking you if you're part of some church denomination or if you've got a Bible in your hand or... Or how many times you went to church last month? I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? Is he Lord? Is he master? Is he king? Is he everything? If you died today, would you stand before Jesus as your savior or as a judge? If you're here today and you're not saved, let me tell you something. I said this in the first service. This is just being real. If you're not saved, today you're on the path to hell. That's just the truth. That's the gospel truth. If you reject Jesus and you reject his salvation, God will say, you who deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father. But if you will confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. So today, 
You're either on one path or the other. And if you're on that path to hell today, why would you go to hell when Jesus made a way to go to heaven? How many would say, Pastor, would you pray for me today? I'm not saved, and today I want to be saved. Just lift your hand. All over this place, that's me. All over. God knows your heart. God sees your heart. God knows what you're going through. If, if you're here today and you know Jesus is Lord, then you're in the place God wants you to be. Praise God for that. Maybe you're, maybe you're here and you know Him, but you're, you're slipping, going back to your old ways. You're falling into your old habits. You're bored. You're busy. And you want God to just do some restoration today. Today's a good opportunity to let God do that to you. Because He's got a call for your life. He's got stuff that He wants this church to do. He wants you to do in your life. And, and church, we need the full extras of God. We need everything He has. We need everything He offers. Nothing less. Amen. Let's stand to our feet for a moment. And please stay in this spirit of reverence. I want to I make a very clear call this morning. The Bible says, how many are still here? The Bible says that in that book of Acts, that gospel kept being preached. It said there, to you, to your children, to all who are far off. And so what they did is they just kept preaching that. Amen? They just kept saying that. They just kept going that route. They just kept saying, Jesus, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Right? How many see that? And that happened for the last 2,000 years till 2020 today. We're here. The promise is for us. And now what we're doing is we're saying, God, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe in you. But I want the game changer. I said a little earlier, can I get to heaven without it? Yes, biblically, it's not, a, it's not a demand for salvation. But I can tell you this at the same time, after 27 years of being saved, I can look at a whole bunch of times in my life that I say, how in the world did I get through that if it wouldn't have been for the Holy Spirit? If I wouldn't have known what to pray? I, I, I didn't have the words. My mind's, my mind stopped. Let me tell you something really powerful. Stay on me here. Stay listening to me. Don't be distracted by someone next to you. Let me say something. In church, a lot of times, if you're next to somebody who's talking to you at the altar call, go sit somewhere else. Because this is the moment of, of, of life change. Amen. I say that in total love. There shouldn't be anybody talking at the altar call because people's souls are in the balance. Maybe you say, well, we're all saved here. We're good. No, but, but if you don't get it right, you can walk out of here today and backslide. None of us have made it to heaven yet. Okay? So it's serious, it's serious business. Watch this. They took a scientific study and they took these, these people and they put these um, wires and electric stuff on their head right at their frontal lobes and they did a study. This is on the news. You can YouTube it. And they said, start praying. And the guy started praying. The girl started and they said, Lord, we, you know, thank you for this day. Protect us. And they're saying all this stuff. And as they're saying it, the, the, the computer's going and showing all the, all the movement of the brain as they're talking so it's showing the frontal lobes working then they brought in some people who were filled with the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues and they put the same things on their head and they said start praying in the Spirit and these people started praying in the Spirit and guess what happened no movement why because when you pray in the Spirit it's not your brain you have the mind of God Woo, you 
talk about something supernatural. Man, how many have ever thought, man, I want a direct line? I want to, you have, you can have a direct line. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is important. If you don't want it, don't worry. You won't get it. He will not force himself on you. He is not going to come in and, 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 and throw you on the ground or, or grab your tongue and start moving it if you don't want it. But if you want it, if you're hungry, and you're, they who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. I can't do any better of a job of presenting it clearly to you that this is something that God has for every believer that is beyond just salvation. Pastor Mario, without it, we can't make it. Like I said, I, I know it's kind of a, uh, it sounds like an oxymoron. Can we get to heaven without it? Yes. Biblically, yes. It's not a requirement. Yes. But how? Once you get it, you go, how did I ever live without this? Several people were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the first service for the first time. Some maybe were refilled. But here's what I want to do. If you're here and you need healing or you need stuff for your marriage or any of that important stuff, we have, at this moment at least, areas over here that are carpeted. When you come to the altar, just go to those sides and come pray for whatever you want to pray for. But this is a very clear-cut call this morning. If you're here and you believe, which according to the altar call, everybody here is saved, but you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, new tongues then we're going to open up the middle and we're going to pray for you and we're going to believe for you and I want to just say something really quick as you come you come with a heart that's open you come with faith and listen I, I cannot stress this enough you cannot come down to this altar and expect God to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit with your mouth shut because part of uh, part of belief is, is action open your mouth begin to open your mouth and you don't have to shout Begin. Sometimes I, I see people with their mouth closed, and I'm like, you got to at least exercise a little faith and pray. Open your mouth. and be. But you don't have to think about it. You just say, God, fill me. He'll come. And, I, and I've learned over the years, and I don't touch women's stomachs. I have a woman touch it, but I touch the stomach because it says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And it just comes, and you'll never be the same. So we're going to begin to sing. Amen. We're going to begin to sing. The altars are open. Here's the spot if you're coming this morning and you want to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just begin to sing. As they begin to sing, sides are for prayer, miracles, healing, whatever, marriage, whatever, but this right here. Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God.